Good afternoon, one and all, and welcome to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour, a conversation about men at home, at work, and at play, with your host, Doug Gertner, the Grateful Dad. Every week, Doug is joined by fascinating guests who tell their own authentic stories and explore all that it means to be a man. And now, here's your host, Doug Gertner, the Grateful Dad. Thank you, Cameron. Thanks, you moms and dads, boys and girls, for tuning in today, as I appreciate you doing every week here on MileHighRadio.com to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour. Most often, a conversation in some way, shape, or form about men at home, at work, and at play. Coming to you live from these studios here in the Mile High City of Denver, I'm Doug Gertner, the Grateful Dad, as Cameron said, just settling in for an interesting hour today. <laughs> Um, can you believe, yeah, some of you can, but others of you might just uh, be tuning in out of sheer curiosity. What is this about Jewish deadheads, the connection between practicing Jews or non-practicing Jews, folks of the Jewish faith who are also fans of the Grateful Dead? It's a, a thought that occurred to me <laughs> 1976. I've been thinking about it ever since, and I'm going to share with you today what I've been talking about for the last uh, 17, 18 years uh, on and off, and glad that we'll be on the air talking about it today. So thanks for tuning in. Before we get rolling, if I could, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you know somebody who would be interested in the topic, if you know somebody who would be uh, amazed and delighted by the topic, if you know somebody who might... Uh, actually have something to relate to the topic. If you know anybody who might be interested in this show today, please um, invite them to tune in and join you and me um, as we go through the show. You're tuned in to milehighradio.com on your browser. Ask them to point their browser this way as well. And... Um, Maybe send them an email and suggest that they do that, or send them a quick text and have them uh, do that, or do it the old-fashioned way. Say, pick up the phone and uh, tell somebody you're tuned to milehighradio.com, where the Grateful Dad Radio Hour is talking about Jewish deadheads. Now, you may think that it's just a show about me, because I happen to be one of those Jewish deadheads, but uh, it's bigger than the both of us, folks, and um, in addition to kind of recounting where this is all coming from and some theories that I've uh, written about and tested and talked about for years, um, I'll have a fellow calling in, uh, starting at the bottom of the hour, David Weisberg, CEO of Isabella Friedman uh, Jewish Retreat Center in Connecticut, will be calling in and... And uh, not only kind of corroborating my theories, but also talking about Blues for Hala, Blues for Hala, that encores uh, this December 13th through the 15th at the Isabella Friedman Jewish Retreat Center in Connecticut. This is the third annual Jewish Grateful Dead Fest that will be happening there and then, and I'll be speaking along with some other folks, so you'll want to tune in for all of that. So, um Please do let folks that know that you're uh, tuned in and that they can tune in too and join us on the air. You can even use Twitter. I've been putting stuff out today. You might notice my Twitter handle, at Doug Gertner, D-O-U-G-G-E-R-T-N-E-R. You can like me on Facebook at The Grateful Dads. That's plural, The Grateful Dads at Facebook. Or just go to Doug Gertner, uh, my regular 
Hello Facebook page, look at my pictures, be my friend. Remember that when you're on the go, you can take milehighradio.com with you uh, via your smartphone. The app is called TuneIn Radio. It's free. You get it. You uh, put the the words uh, Mile High Radio into the search function on TuneIn Radio. It will find the station. You can listen to us anywhere you go. And every time you want to uh, tune in radio via that app to hear milehighradio.com, it'll remember us. You can also hear this show or send someone to listen to it on my show page on milehighradio.com. The archives go up immediately afterwards, thanks to Haas, our station owner, engineer, and guru. And so if you're listening till 2 o'clock Mountain Time today, only to find out that somebody else didn't get to listen, well, when the show's over... This is available for them to listen, so point them there. You'll find all of my recent shows. Uh, I had Jim and Ruth Sharon last week talking about soulful marriage and also about the uh, men's expo, the whole man expo yesterday, which was quite a fine event. Weeks before that, we led up to the whole man expo. I had the courage expert uh, Sandra Walston on with me, as well as another one of the speakers from the uh, expo, Captain Coy Theobald. In recent weeks, and they're all archived, I've had Jim Higley, Abby Ferber, Dr. Sam Sappington, Rabbi Brant Rosen, Mike Thompson. I've had the stay-at-home dads on. And, and just uh, head over while you can even do this while you're listening. Under shows, you go to the show pages. You scroll down until you find my smiling face. And there on my show page, you'll find all the archives to get you uh, caught up on what I've been doing here. As I said, today it's Jewish deadheads discussed with uh, me, the Grateful Dead. As well as David Weisberg, uh, founder of the annual Jewish Grateful Dead Fest. Uh, next week, I'm very delighted to have uh, author John Penberthy in. Um, John's book, and you can just you, you can actually Google this up: "To Be or Not to Be," but you need to put an extra e on the word "be" because it's a it's the B book actually. Um, there's kind of a Zen buzz to it, and I think if you go and track it down online, you can get a beautiful hard copy of it. But you can also uh, download it for free if you just want to read it online. John Penberthy will be my my guest next week. Um, we'll have uh, an archived show around Thanksgiving as I will uh, be off of the mainland, but I'm really excited to be back live in the studio on December 2nd when I'll be celebrating my second anniversary of the Grateful Dad Radio Hour. One of my very first guests will make his third appearance as he does each year to help me celebrate. His name is Edgar Papke. His new book, All About the Human Art of Business, will be coming out right about that time, and he'll also play some live music in the studio for us. So lots of great stuff coming up. Very shortly, we'll have my moment of gratitude and also a um, uh, a different version of uh, the whole uh, or the full circle fatherhood report that'll really start our uh, Jewish deadheads discussion today. But I did want to mention a couple of things. A shout out to our sponsors, as always, Emu Consulting, the Men's Anthology, and also NOMAS, the National Organization for Men Against Sexism. You'll hear more about those uh, sponsors at the bottom of the hour as we um, feature some of our uh, spots. But one other shout out and uh, Something that I need to get out there is your opportunity to um, have with me a celebration of what I'm calling the Great 
Thanksgiving. Um, so you'll recall last week I was about to launch and have done now, so now five times um, my workshop that I call um, How to... Um, how to have a grateful day and make gratitude your greatest asset. And um, I've been talking to audiences. My live event went well. I'll mention that a bit later in my moment of gratitude. Um, I've been to various businesses, and I've got other ones coming up. In fact, um, you can learn more by uh, following me on the various social media, but there's uh, one you can go to tomorrow um, with the the Denver Organizational uh, Development Network, and many other ways. So stay in touch if you want to know. One great way, especially if you're not even in the Denver area or can't make it to one of my live gratitude events, which have just been just really meaningful and, and powerful for me and all who have attended, um, I would invite you to call in from wherever you are on Thursday, November 21st at 7 p.m. Mountain Time for uh, a tele-event um, to bring more gratitude into your Thanksgiving and your holiday season. So this is a telephone seminar available to anyone who wants to make the most out of every minute this holiday season. I mean, think about it. Do you, do you really enjoy the holiday season? Is the day of Thanksgiving truly a time of gratitude for you? Would you like to feel more thankful and less bloated after a festive meal? I, I really have to ask you, what would it take for you to fully appreciate and celebrate the holidays this year? And in general, how can you find more enjoyment in the family and friends with whom you gather and spend Thanksgiving and the other holidays? So we're going to do this a week before Turkey Day. It's kind of in a virtual event to plump up the gratitude bird before you actually gather and give thanks. It'll be a 45-minute call. I'll provide tools and a whole mindset to be truly grateful we can chase away those ghosts of past holiday seasons, purge your gluttony for negativity, and really set the table for your most grateful holiday ever. I'm really encouraging you to not let another year pass without being truly grateful at Thanksgiving. And so let me just say you can sign up today and call in on November 21st. Uh, really, don't be a turkey. It's free. Go to thegreatthanksgiving.com. You got that? Thegreatthanksgiving.com, just like it sounds, thegreatthanksgiving.com. The registration information is there. There's also information about the Grateful Group. If you uh, want to engage in gratitude and dive deeper than you may ever have before, I'm going to be leading a mastermind group. Do you know about this? This is a group of people who get together, and um, it's true synergy, you know, the whole being greater than the sum of its parts, because I'm going to get folks together um on uh, our call on three uh, on four different occasions, okay, we'll we'll launch the Grateful Group on uh, December 11th of this year, and then we'll meet again in January, February, and March. And um, in between those calls, we'll get one-on-one, -on -one, you and me, um, all the Mastermind participants will get a one-on-one -on -one call with me. We'll really be working to intentionally bring gratitude into our daily lives by meeting monthly and in between those monthly meetings. And I'll be able to focus on you and your gratitude uh, and each person in the group. We'll also add bonus content so every month you'll learn something new about how to go deeper with gratitude. We'll have a private Facebook group so we can stay in touch and I'll be uh, giving everybody who joins the group a year's supply of the Grateful Dad's Journal of Gratitude. So it's worth a lot. The charge is not that much and again you can learn all about it at thegreatthanksgiving.com Those are two great opportunities and a 
addition to my live events, uh, to touch base with me on gratitude. So the televent is November 21st. That's the Thursday one week before Thanksgiving. You'll want to go to the, uh, the great Thanksgiving.com and register today. And the gratitude group, my mastermind, uh, starts on, um, the 11th of December, and I invite you to join me then to uh, get things started. You can learn more at thegreatthanksgiving.com and sign up today. All this talk about gratitude is making me thirsty and hungry, hungry to be more grateful. So as I do each week at this time, when I reflect on what I'm grateful I want to bring on now my moment of gratitude. As you know, every day I use my gratitude journal, the Grateful Dad's Journal of Gratitude, and I note those things for which I am most grateful, and it just continues to remind me that I have so much to be grateful for. And so today, as I continue my very, very busy month of paying it forward, traveling all around the region, giving these free workshops on gratitude, I want to pause and offer my moment of gratitude for a few distinct aspects of this month, this month of this year. I'm grateful for the way that November is going this year. I just have to say, I mean, once this was a month that found me in a funk, dreading the holidays ahead, and I'm now feeling very positive and quite vital. With gratitude on this Veterans Day, I begin with appreciation for all of the men and the women who have served our country in service to the military with much gratitude on this Veterans Day. And gratefully, I also celebrate the first five gratitude workshops I've enjoyed delivering since I was last on the air last week with you. My live public event was a joyous kickoff with family and friends and great energy, and each of the four subsequent sessions has brought me in better alignment and awareness of the rewards of gratitudes as I share my experience and my passion and I think help others align and become more aware as well. And with gratitude, I look back and forward. Yesterday was another good whole man expo where I was able to connect with like-minded men and women. And tomorrow and Thursday and Saturday and Sunday, I'm offering four more opportunities for anyone who wants to engage around gratitude to join me. Plus, there's actually two more sessions in there that aren't open to the public. So, so please stay in touch. You know, you can contact me directly. It's Doug at thegratefuldad.org, D-O-U-G at thegratefuldad.org. If you'd like to learn more about upcoming gratitude workshops, if you're in the Denver area, you can sign up for, I think, four of those that are still remaining and also learn more about the teleseminar and the the grateful group I mentioned earlier. And finally, gratefully, I look forward to the end of the month, November, this is a month that I once called Just Say No November because I felt so overwhelmed and out of balance that I pledged to say no to everything. And now I say yes to all the good stuff, including yes to that upcoming teleseminar uh, to share what I've learned and how to enjoy and be most grateful in the season. So go to thegreatthanksgiving.com to learn more and register for that. And yes, gratefully, I'm going to cap off the month of sharing my passion for gratitude with a super special celebration of Thanksgiving and Hanukkah. Thanksgiving and Hanukkah fall at the same time this year. It has never happened before, and it will never happen again. And so I'm going to go to a vortex to, to, to celebrate. I'll be on the island of Kauai and Hawaii making this once-in-history event 
one to remember for me. I hope it's one to remember for you because that's my moment of gratitude for this week for November and all that it offers. And once again, I'm grateful to everyone for listening to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour today. I do encourage you to make it a habit of being grateful. Koi dog pondering. I brought it up because I love their Thanksgiving song, and I was talking about November and Thanksgiving, but then I realized the Poi Dog reference is, you know, if you're not familiar with that band, it's never too late to learn about Poi Dog pondering. Uh, Austin, Texas via Hawaii, so the Poi reference and the Poi Dog piece, uh, a good part of that. Uh, the fellow who got that on for you and keeps us on the air here, I'm going to turn to you next, Haas, our owner, our engineer, our guru. What are you thankful for this Veterans Day, sir? Well, you just said it. I'm thankful for Veterans Day. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful for the veterans that made today possible. Um, you know, it, when, when I was in the Air Force, I didn't really think too much about it. Mm-hmm. I had a really cake job. <laughs> um, it was no big deal. Uh, but now, many, many, many years later, I'm very proud to say that I did my part, you know, and that part was, of course, keeping the Viet Cong out of San Antonio, Texas, which to this day, I don't believe there's any in that fair city. And thus, it reflects your successful military career <laughs> yeah. for which you are grateful. I am grateful. I'm also grateful for the people that are in turn grateful for veterans. Uh, I'll start off with Village Inn. Yeah, um, they they blessed me this morning with a free <laughs> free breakfast. Very nice. Um, I'm gonna get a free dinner tonight, and there's a lot of restaurants, a lot of businesses. I know. I that, saw Starbucks was doing. Yeah, the coffee it's thing. awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, different businesses are doing different things, but you know what? That's what has made this country great. It has, and this country is grateful. To those who've served, where would we be? It's it's yeah. it's unimaginable where we would be today did we not have the men and women in service to our country well, in the military. I think one thing we can't imagine is we wouldn't be here. That's right. You know, you and so me. it's all good stuff. Haas, thank you for uh, your gratitude as well as keeping us on the air here. Let me just add that I'm asking this question also of you, my listeners, if you would take a moment right now. And, and consider, what are you grateful for today? Think about it. Write it down if you want to. And if you're interested in a great place to write it down, you can go to my website at thegratefuldad.org. The shop button there is where you can uh, point your browser to get a copy of The Grateful Dad's Journal of Gratitude and start keeping a gratitude journal today. I am so grateful to you for turning in and uh, tuning in and turning on to uh, the show. For those who haven't been here, you're listening to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour on MileHighRadio.com. And our topic today is 
Jewish deadheads, or who were the Grateful Dead, and why were they always following Jews around? Now, I have some answers to this question, a question that you may not have ever thought of even asking, and um, I hope that you'll stay tuned and look for those answers with me. Typically, right now during the show, I do what's called my Full Circle Fatherhood Report. It's uh, based on my contribution to one of our sponsors, the Men's Anthology, which is uh, a book titled Ordinary Men, Extraordinary Lives, Defining Moments. And I wrote a, a piece in there called Full Circle Fatherhood, How I Lost My Mother and Became the Grateful Dad. And it's, it's really uh, one of my stories, kind of my signature, kind of my crucible story told there in that book. And so every week I typically update, you know, what's been happening with me being a father to my son, Jordy, in the aftermath of losing my father, Mark, after caring for him for years. Um, but today... Um, there's another story I want to tell, and so we're going to launch into our exploration of the uh, Jewish deadhead phenomenon, and, and here's how we're going to do it. Whether you know it or not, um, there's a Jewish deadhead connection. To begin with, I'm going to go back to the year 1873 with this authentic Yiddish Jewish folktale that was published that year, 1873, in Warsaw, Poland. So sit back and understand the story that is known as the Grateful Dead. In Jerusalem, there once lived a wealthy man to whom an only son was born in his old age. The old man doted on the child and gave him anything his heart desired. But when the boy reached the age of six, his father began to fear that he might be corrupted by the vanities of this world. So the father equipped a special room to serve all the boy's needs and arranged to have him tutored by a private teacher. For the next ten years, the boys learned Torah and Talmud until he was wise in God's ways, and all this time he did not venture out into the world. When the father then became gravely ill and he knew that he would soon die, he called his son to his bedside and said to him, My son, my life is at an end. It is time for you to inherit all that I possess. But you have no knowledge of the world's ways, for I have shielded you all these years. Yet without such knowledge, all my wealth will be lost, and you will be forced to beg for your bread. So the father showed his son all the treasures of his house and taught him the ways of trade and the marketplace. And because the young man was so clever, he soon became as skilled in commerce as he was in study, and his father's heart swelled with pride. Then the father felt his end drawing near, and he said to his son, Let not the Torah depart from your lips, for worldly knowledge is of little worth if the heart is not wise in God's ways. And then he died. The son took a purse full of money and set out to see the world. He came to Constantinople, where he saw a large iron casket hanging on a chain in the marketplace. The casket was guarded by a soldier. What is this? he asked the soldier. It does not concern you, answered the soldier. But the young man begged the soldier to tell him, and even gave him some gold coins until the soldier finally told him the story of the iron casket. He said, The sultan... The sultan had a Jewish treasurer whom he honored greatly, the soldier explained. 
but the other ministers envied him and accused him of stealing from the sultan's treasury. When the sultan examined the treasury, he discovered that a large sum was indeed missing. So he summoned the Jew and said to him, Show me where every penny has gone over the last twenty years since you have been my treasurer. The sultan's words terrified the Jew, for he can account for every penny. For can he? For who can account for every penny over twenty years? He pleaded for mercy, but the sultan would not listen. He ordered the man executed, and his body hung in this casket until the Jews of that city can pay all the money missing from the treasury. And how much is that? asked the young man. A vast sum, answered the soldier, and he named the amount. The young man went to the palace and asked for a private audience with the sultan, saying that he had a secret to tell him. When he was alone with the sultan, he spoke so wisely that the sultan said to him, Ask for any favor, and it shall be granted. I wish to repay the money missing from the sultan's treasury, and in return I ask that you release the treasurer's body to me for burial. The sultan agreed. The young man gave him all the money he had inherited from his father. Then he said, Announce throughout the city of Constantinople that every man, woman, and child must attend this man's funeral. And so it happened that not a person remained home that day, not the newborn babies in their cradles, nor the old people in their beds. Indeed, the sultan's treasurer was honored in death, then more honored in death than he had ever been in life. A few days later, the sultan summoned the young man and said to him, I have one thing to ask you. Your will is my command, my lord, answered the young man. I wish to inherit the reward for this commandment that you have done. Ask anything else, my lord, answered the young man, but this is beyond my power to give. All my, all my life I have desired to perform such a commandment as this, which will honor me even more in the next world. How can I give up its reward? Perhaps I shall have uh, never have another opportunity to perform such a commandment, even if I were to acquire great wealth and great power. The sultan found the words of the youth very wise and sent him on his way in peace. So the young man continued his journey throughout the cities of the world and finally boarded a ship to return home. But a few days out to sea, a mighty storm arose and wrecked the ship so that the young man found himself cast adrift in the sea. He looked up and saw a great stone pillar rise up out of the sea. He swam toward it, and it led him to a deserted island. Finding himself all alone, without hope of rescue, he began to weep, when suddenly a great white eagle swooped out of the sky and bore him off upon its wings. In a few moments he was back in his home, in his courtyard, in Jerusalem. When he looked around for the eagle, he discovered that it had vanished, but before him stood a man dressed in white. The young man began to tremble, for this man did not look like a being of this earth. Do not fear, said the man, touching him lightly on the arm. I am the sultan's treasurer for whom you performed the final act of kindness. In gratitude I saved you from death, for I was the stone pillar and the eagle." Happy are you in this world, and great will be your reward in the next. Then he, too, disappeared into the night. For the rest of his life, the son was wealthy and honored by all, and he lived to a ripe old age 
studying Torah, and performing many deeds of charity. And that's the story titled The Grateful Dead, an authentic Jewish folktale published in Warsaw in uh, Poland in, 19, in 1873. An old tale to be sure, and yet one that brings with it so many modern considerations, doing good for the sake of others, doing good for the sake of a higher promise in the future. Here's the story of the Grateful Dead. This young man who has much in the way of wealth and gives it all to do the honor of what is essentially a commandment. It's a mitzvah. It's an act of loving kindness, a good deed, where he makes sure that somebody who was improperly treated at death, he makes sure that that person has a proper burial. And then he is repaid and, and rescued and lives a full and rich life. And he is repaid by the Grateful Dead. So there's your first Jewish dead connection that this folktale called The Grateful Dead, and there's many folktales of its like throughout uh, the world, but this authentic Jewish folktale published in Poland in 1873 happens to be a story that is truly Jewish that is titled The Grateful Dead, and as we go to break, there's one of your answers in general how did the Grateful Dead get their name? I'll have that answer and many more for you, and we'll talk about the Jewish deadhead phenomenon. I've thought about it, written and talked about it for many years. My guest today, David Weisberg, calling in from the East Coast in Connecticut, where he runs the uh, Isabella Friedman Jewish Retreat Center, where each year, well, now this will be the third year, Blues for Hala takes place at Encores uh, for the third time this December 13th through 15th in uh, Connecticut at the Isabella Friedman Jewish Retreat Center. I'm excited to hear uh, from David not only to get his thoughts about uh, my thoughts about Jewish deadheads, but to hear more about the retreat, how he came up with it, how you can get involved. And in fact, I think we're going to be able to offer um, anybody who's willing to register and say they heard the show today, you can get a hold of me and I'll give you the discount code and you can get money off your registration. You're listening to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour. We're on milehighradio.com. I'm Doug Gertner, the Grateful Dad. So delighted to have you tuned in today. It's a bit of an unusual show as we answer the question, who were the Grateful Dead? And why were they always following Jews around? Be back for the answer to that question and more when we return. Uh, stay with us right after this. We're back. This is the Grateful Dad Radio Hour on MileHighRadio.com. You know, that music that we go in and out on... Uh, the Grateful Dead, uh, Touch of Grey, and Sugar Magnolia is is of my choosing, obviously, fits with the show and the brand. But today, more than any other show that I've done in the nearly two years now that I've been doing the Grateful Dead Radio Hour, it is fitting as our topic is 
Who were the Grateful Dead, and why were they always following Jews around? Why are there so many Jewish deadheads, and where are they getting together this December to have a real good time? Um, I'm going to launch into this, but I do want to introduce uh, the guest who's calling in today. So um, let me see if I can get Haas to bring in uh, David Weisberg. Are you there? Hey, Doug. How are you? Very well. How about yourself? I'm doing. I'm doing great. It's a, a beautiful day up here in the Northeast. Hey, can I uh, put you on the spot as I do any guest who uh, happens to wander into this show and ask you what's one thing you're grateful for today? What's one thing I, I'm I'm grateful for my for my family every day? Yeah. Right on, man. Well, that's how I became the Grateful Dad, and it sounds like you're one, too. So I'll get you one of my T-shirts when I see you. December 13th to December 15th, this is the third annual Jewish Grateful Dead Fest. You call it Blues for Hala, and uh, some of my listeners might be uh, more intrigued than informed and not know the reference that uh, from the Grateful Dead's Blues for Allah album, you've combined it with the, the braided Jewish uh, egg bread that we have on Shabbat, and that's called challah, so we have blues for challah. I've got that right, don't I? Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, man, um, I want to run by you my thoughts, my theories. I want to run by everybody who's listening what I've been thinking about and talking about for a long time. Um, let me get your thoughts and, and kind of hear your feedback as we go, and then... Um, Let's make sure that we talk more about not just the crazy, you know, the, the, the Michigas, as it were, that I'm sharing, but the fact that there must be something to it because I've published a, a book chapter to this effect. Um, the chapter has been cited in books and in magazine articles, and you've, for three years now, been getting together people who have uh, the same notions that I do, that there is a connection, and why not celebrate it? Because as Jews, we love to celebrate. We've got more festivals and holidays than, well, as many as anybody. And, you know, the, 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 those who love the music of the Grateful Dead and the, the circles that have emanated from that family band for so many years also love to celebrate together. So, um, you know, let me just kind of say, tell you the, the 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 story as it begins for me, without even asking. You know, I mean, you could go there and you could ask yourself, what are the similarities between Jews and and the Grateful Dead? But I think you got two guys on the phone right now who kind of mirror that. So, so here's here's my story, and it begins something like this: I'm growing up in the suburbs of of Toledo, Ohio. It's a pretty you know mainstream you know kind of white bread kind of upbringing, and so was my Judy. If I'm really, if I'm really honest, um, you know, Reform Judaism did not hold a lot of, um, you know, particular attraction for me. I don't think that the word spirituality uh, would have ever been used in the same sentence with the kind of Judaism I was growing up with, and. Um, Things changed one day when I was hanging out with one of my uh, boy chicks from the hood. We'll call him Mark Nathanson. In his uh, bedroom, we were doing, you know, what teenage boys do, hanging out on Willow Lane, when he popped in an eight-track tape. And that tape um, was of the Grateful Dead's Europe 72 album, as I recall. Okay, it could have been Working Man's Dead, or it could have been... Um, American Beauty. All I know is that all those eight tracks were available, 
And remember how eight tracks would just keep playing round and round and round? They were they were tape loops, and we played them until they worn out, wore out. And within a few years, we were what were known as full fledged Deadheads. And I'll never forget because um, there in the first album that I got for my confirmation, which yeah, Jews have confirmation too, and I got the album. We'll call it Skull and Roses because I'd get thrown off the air here if I told you what the um, Grateful Dead wanted to name that album. The Grateful Dead was the name of the album, also known as Skull and Roses. And in it, there was a, a little invitation to anybody who opened the gatefold cover. It said, Dead Freaks Unite. Who are you? Where are you? How are you? Send us your name and address, and we'll keep you informed. And there was an address for Deadheads. The address was in San Rafael, California. And I dutifully sent off my name, and I would get little dispatches from the band. And one of the things that I got from them um, in the spring of 1976, when I was, what, 17 years old or so, was an invitation to mail order directly to see shows that they were performing throughout the country. And um, I didn't know any better at the time. I didn't know that you had to see the dead night after night to really immerse yourself in what they were up to. So me and Mark Nathanson and David Brookfield, we each sent off for two tickets each to a show on June 27, 1976 at the Auditorium Theater in Chicago. And here we were. We each brought a friend with us as well, six guys piling into the family station wagon, driving the four or five hours over to Chicago Going to this show, having our minds blown and our lives changed. And that night, during the intermission of my first Grateful Dead show, I was in the lobby. Okay, I'll acknowledge I was altered in some way. And there in the lobby, I kept having these double takes because it looked like Jerry Garcia was there in the lobby with me. And there's, and there's, and, and there's another Jerry lookalike. And what I finally realized years later was these large men with these big beards were not Jerry Garcia, but they were Jewish men. And in fact, there's a lot of Jewish men and women who follow the Grateful Dead. So that's how I got on board with the Grateful Dead. Now, for folks who are listening who are not um, very familiar, um, the Grateful Dead were formed and, and, and officially performed their first show um, I trace it to December 10th, 1965, kind of the original band um, with Jerry and Pigpen and Bobby and Phil and Billy um, and, and lyricist Robert Hunter. There are other members. Uh, John Perry Barlow did a lot of lyrics, especially with Bob Weir. Uh, Tom Constant was a member of the band. Mickey Hart, of course. Keith and Donna and Brent and uh, Vince and Bruce all on keyboards. They have a history that dates back to jug bands like the Sleepy Hollow Hog Stompers and Mother McCree's Uptown Jug Band. In fact, I have an early tape of the, um, I think it was the Sleepy Hollow Hog Stompers playing at the Jewish Community Center in Marin County. They were called the Warlocks before that uh, December date in 1965. But because there was another band out there called the Warlocks, they chose the name The Grateful Dead. And it really was from looking in an encyclopedia and landing on the name Grateful Dead, which ties back to the Yiddish folktale that I told you just a few minutes ago. So what's this Jewish deadhead connection? Let's see if we can make it. First of all, we'll look at the band members, okay? 
So, so hey, let me pause and just say, David, my story, have you heard that one before? Like, has it anything to do with your story as a, as a Jewish deadhead, may I ask? Sure. I mean, I've, I've, my, my story very quickly is that my, uh, my aunt Judy, my mother's youngest sister, <laughs> the hand, cool aunt. handed down to me a pair of blue jeans where she had hand embroidered on the leg uh, the ice cream kid from that Europe seventy two oh album. God, yes. And those those jeans didn't fit me, but we cut it off of the jeans and made a patch on the back of a jean jacket. Oh my god. Uh, and then I said <laughs> if I'm gonna wear the jean jacket I really need to listen to the Grateful Dead. Um, right and on. so I'm pretty sure the first the first real album I got was was that Europe seventy two album. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was Jack Straw that that, that got me hooked. Um, we can share and, the know, women. Was, we can share the wine. Right. We on. can share the wine, which is very, you know, a very, uh, uh, shab- uh, you know, uh, Shabbat, uh, you know. Yes, it's <laughs> a Jew- thing, it's yes. a Jewish concept, isn't it? Because yeah. we'll 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 uh, bless the wine and and say the bracha and pass it around and share the wine, and that's what we'll be doing at the retreat. Um, that we'll be talking about later. I, we're, we're talking about Jewish deadheads. I'm talking to David Weisberg up at the Isabella Friedman Jewish Retreat Center in Connecticut. And, and so let me, you haven't heard this stuff necessarily, uh, David. And so I want to run by you some things here that, that have occurred to me. So Jerry Garcia, you know, I said, Jerry is the best known member of the Grateful Dead. He, in many ways, was the face. <laughs> and, and what a face it was. Furry and freaky and Captain Trips as he liked to be known in the early days. Um, and, and here's the thing. Jerry's parents were named Joseph and Ruth. Joseph and Ruth Garcia. And I wondered for quite some time whether Jerry might be a crypto Jew, you know, descendants of the Spanish Jews who were uh, expelled from Spain at the Inquisition. Remember 1492 and all mm. of that? You know, I mean, I, I had to go back and redo my history, but most people are aware of that. And you may know that that Jews um, who who converted to Catholicism to save their lives, made their way uh, to, uh, you know, to Mexico and have emigrated up through. And so I wondered for a long time. If Jerry was a Jew, Joseph and Ruth were his parents. He was actually named for uh, a, a Jewish music composer named Jerome Kern, if you know the reference. I would also tell you, you know, if you if you read deeply enough into the Jerry Garcia story, his first wife and his first love before that uh, were both Jews. And I, I definitely have had affirmation from many of as I discussed this, that Jerry was a Jewish soul. But in fact... Um, the, my research indicated that it was probably not the case that his parents, um, you know, that his father, uh, Joe Garcia was a Jew. Um, it does lead us to the one true, uh, and known Jew, and that would be drummer Mickey Hart. He was born Michael Stephen Hartman. Uh, in Brooklyn, New York, where else? And he was uh, raised in the heavily Jewish suburbs of the five towns of Long Island. And um, when I see you, David, and show uh, my slideshow um, at the retreat, I have a picture of Mickey with a, a, a kippah and a tali, with his head covered with a yarmulke and the, the fringes of a prayer shawl, a talus around his shoulders. It's Mickey's bar mitzvah picture, and I have it to share. His parents, of course, were Jews, uh, Lenny and Leah. And um, here's, here's a story about Mickey Hart, okay? 
So, um, his father, Lenny, was a, a rudimentary master drummer. And, and Lenny would just drum all day. And, and a lot of times, um, he was referred to as a drum bum because that's all he wanted to do. And it reminded me of um, one time I asked my maternal grandmother, Nana Pearl, may she rest in peace. Um, I said, Nana, is it true that um, on, on my father's side of the family that several male elders were rabbis? I, I, I asked her and she said, nah, they weren't rabbis. They were bums. None of them worked real jobs, she told me. They were just men who sat around all day reading and discussing Hebrew texts. And I thought the same passion that Mickey Hart and his father brought to their drumming was the passion that is so prized in some Jewish circles of really deeply studying text, even if that's all you do every day. One other thing about this, um, Deadheads will know that every year the spring tour um, for the Grateful Dead brought them to New York, um, often to play Radio City or Madison Square. Um, the spring tour would always stop in New York over Passover, and people thought that was so Mickey could go celebrate a Passover Seder with his mother. But in fact, um, as Dennis McNally, uh, who, who, you know, a Jew himself, uh, who's the biographer of the band and their publicist for many years, Dennis McNally uh, once said that whole notion is really just a folk tale, um, that they would have during the shows, they would have a Passover Seder backstage, but that Mickey would just stop by for five minutes to say hello. The way Dennis put it is this. Mickey's a drummer. He worships the beat. His religion is percussion. So he may have been born a Jew, but uh, he worships the beat. One other, you know, I would mention Phil Lesh, and I'll show you a picture, David, when I see you of Phil with a bunch of black hats wearing a, a black hat himself. But here's the other interesting piece that, that very few people know. For many, many years, um, the band, um, really from, from about 1972 to 1980, uh, Keith Godshock, uh, was a member of the band along with his wife, uh, the singer Donna Jean Godshock. Keith played keyboards in a very understated but incredible way. Keith Godshock, his son is named Zion, and I've just learned in recent years through third-hand um, but forwarded to me correspondence with Donna Jean Godshock, his wife, um, who was widowed when Keith died um, in 1980. Keith himself was a crypto-Jew, um, descendants of French Jews, so there was another Jewish band member. Other Jews in the family... Lenny Hart was their manager for some time, Mickey's drummer father, until he ran off with a bunch of their uh, money. Danny Rifkin, Hal Kant, Bert Cagnuson, Ron Ranko. Um, I'm going to point to one of their biggest uh, supporters in Bill Graham, who was a Holocaust survivor and the father of the modern rock concert. Other of their musical collaborators, including uh, David Dog Grisman, Sandy Rothman, David Bromberg, Rob Wasserman. So um, here you have this band of crazies all having some sort of connection to Jews. And if you think about Jews in the family a little farther out, you know, Yorma Kalkinen, um, Betty Cantor, who, who ran their board, the, the list goes on and on. Let's not forget uh, Robert Zimmerman, Bob Dylan. So, so you say to me, what's the deal here? Do you have any reason to believe, other than this anecdotal data, that there are more 
Jews who are into the Grateful Dead than there are in the general population? Well, okay, very quickly shared with me by a, a Jewish sociologist um, from North Carolina. Census data said that there were about 2% of the Jewish of the population are Jews, and yet in five different surveys that were done, um, anywhere between 15 and 29% of the respondents um, who were who identified as deadheads also identified as Jews. So I do have some data on this. It brings you to the question, why? And so before we wrap up and turn back to David Weisberg and talk specifically about Blues for Hala, the third annual Jewish Grateful Dead Fest, I'll give you a couple of my theories to go with this. And you'll need to attend my session on Sunday, December 15th, the closing session of the Jewish Dead Fest Blues for Hala to hear more. Here's this theory that I have, David. You ready for this? I call it... I'm ready. It's the spiritual and community void. See, it goes like this. Think back to the old country, okay? The, the, the old country where Jews lived in Eastern Europe in the shtetls. They le- lived together in close and strong community. They emigrate to this country and they continue to live in close community in, in, in shtetls of their own in, in the Lower East Side of New York and in those parts of South Philadelphia and Baltimore and Boston. Jews uh, of, of that generation, the first generation Jews to this country, lived, lived as they had in the old country. But their children, say my parents perhaps, assimilated. They took on the all-American persona. They became doctors and lawyers and accountants, and they became professors. And as they did that, they lost that sense of community. That lo- They lost what I would call kind of the, 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 the sense of hevra and community, the sense of ruach and spirit that they had once found in their close-knit communities. That's, those were my parents. My dad was a lawyer. And I grew up without much sense of that, that, that sense of Hever or community, that sense of Ruach or Neshama, the spirit or the soul. You know, my generation was adrift, looking for meaning, looking for purpose, looking for roots. And what we found as third generation Jews with this void of community, with this search for spirit, we found and were attracted to the very thing that we lost in our Jewish community. We found it in the grateful dead community you know the 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 sense of of being a part of a tribe that we had generations ago as jews came back to us in the tribe known as deadheads furthermore there was there was ritual and practice you know at every show we went through the same ritual whereas you know jews love the ritual of sharing the wine there were other things passed around at, at dead concerts, where we would light candles for most any celebration. There were other things that were lit at uh, at dead shows. So with a lack of, of hevra or community, a lack of ruach or spiritual foundation, a lack of true neshama and soul, the descendants of the 12 tribes joined a new tribal band. We were strangers in a strange land, and that's what led us together. And I would go further. I would talk about misfit power and how Jews have been the historic other and how Bobby once referred to um, 
Bob Weir of the Grateful Dead once referred to the misfit power that brings us together. I would say that the way that deadheads study lyrics and set lists is not very different from the way um, scholars in Judaism study Torah and text. I would suggest to you, as Bill Graham, in effect, once said, that shows are like Shabbos. He said this, the Grateful Dead experience gives you something we all need. Time out. There's nothing that happens there. Um... Um, there, there's something that happens there and when it's over you go back to your world and your TVs and you punch the clock and it's no longer time out that same feeling of Sabbath of, of, of the Shabbos was uh, present at the shows for us I would even go so far as to say that Haight Ashbury was much like either the Shtetls and or the holy uh, city of Jerusalem and I could go on from there David, what do you think of all that, Mishigas? Are you uh, sorry you invited me to share it, or have I got something going there? <laughs> no, um, I'm delighted, and it seems you know, you've given a tremendous amount of thought to it and very serious thought to it. You know, I'll tell you, for me, part of it is just um, I think is as Jews, we're we're all on a journey. We're all on our each each on our uh, own individual Jewish journey, and uh, you know, the Jewish people have certainly uh, journeyed plenty in their time and i think that that's that's part of the the deadhead experience as well is about being on a journey not only you know making a, a pilgrimage uh to see the dead but but having a, a spiritual journey within the music uh losing yourself on the music as, as you said being encouraged to to ask questions and look at things from different perspectives and tear apart the lyrics and say what does this mean and you know, read the same set of lyrics ten times over and find ten different meanings in it. You know, I think that that's that's part of what we're encouraged to do as Jews, and it it just it fits well. Um, Absolutely, with what, with what happens in the in the deadhead communities, it allows us to take. Uh, that same kind of trip, whether you know literally or figuratively. Absolutely, we are uh, we we are traveling, uh, you know, wandering Jews, and and it's very much like the tour heads who followed the Jews around. And then within the Grateful Dead experience, there was some very trans transcendent journeys, just as we know we can have in spirit as Jews today. And I'm going to encourage people to. Uh, Get back, you know, your traveling shoes and make your way to um, Falls Village, Connecticut, of all places. David, tell us a little bit about Isabella Friedman as a retreat center and specifically uh, coming up Friday through uh, Sunday, December 13th through 15th, the Blues for Hala third annual Jewish De Jewish Grateful Dead Fest. I mean, Isabella Friedman is it's a, a magical place uh, in the Berkshires in northwest Connecticut. We're an organization that's been around for 120 years and has uh, evolved and grown and experimented in, in various types of ways. And we're really a place that encourages uh, Jewish journeys and that really encourages uh, folks with all types of Jewish connection and no Jewish connection to come and use different portals as a way to find Jewish meaning and, and love of the Grateful Dead is you know exactly one of those portals that we've said you could you could walk through this door and find um spiritual connection with your Judaism and indeed we've had folks come to Blues for Hala that had a uh, you know a black hat and payas and we've had folks come to Blues for Hala who didn't know what payas were yes. uh, before they got there and we we built community uh together and I think that's it's not just about bringing a bunch of Jewish deadheads together 
It's about using love of the Grateful Dead to open up a portal for which we can, through which we can explore our Judaism together. And that's it's a whole lot of fun to do things that way. It sounds like big fun, and it looks like it. IsabellaFriedman.org, I-S-A-B-E-L-L-A-F-R-E-E-D-M-A-N.org, IsabellaFriedman.org. You, you click on the Grateful Dead link, or it's slash Grateful Dead, and you read about a really fun event that I'm uh, honored and delighted to be a part of. Um, Rosie McGee is going to be there, and for those who follow closely why, um, you know, who, who, the Grateful Dead, you might know that Rosie dated Phil Lesh back in the day. Rosie's a, a French Jew, and uh, she was there. Dancing with the Dead, which is the name of her book, and she's got a photographic memoir that she will share. Um, I'll give my talk. There's stuff for kids. We're going to talk about fish on Shabbos. There's a couple of great rabbis and scholars who are leading sessions as well. If you'll go to IsabellaFriedman.org, you'll get all that information. And if you email me, Doug at the Grateful Dead, the Grateful Dad. Dot org. Doug at the Grateful Dad dot org. I can unlock for you a uh, discount to register. All the registration information is on the website. Before we wrap up, I just have to give a, a, a shout out to Suzanne Schiller, uh, listening and answering the question, why are there so many Jewish deadheads? According to Suzanne on Facebook, she says, because our hair easily dreadlocks okay thank you Suzanne if you saw my hair you'd understand it doesn't really easily dreadlock but I know what you mean and um, there is a connection as well Blues for Hala is the third annual Jewish Grateful Dead Fest IsabellaFriedman.org is where you can learn more the date is December 13th through 15th David Weisberg thanks for joining me to listen to some of the Mishigas that is my theory of why there are so many Jewish deadheads and answers the question who were the Grateful Dead and why were they always following Jews around follow me to Connecticut in December we're going to talk more about that tune in next week I have uh, to be or not to be there's a Zen buzz next week with John Penberthy the author of the B book until then, I am so grateful to folks for tuning in. I didn't thank you for making my show the second most listened to. I made the top five. I was number two last week. Haas is smiling with me on that one. Tune in. Let your friends know they can uh, get the archive of the show immediately afterwards at milehighradio.com. You just go to my show page, scroll down to the archives. You can stream it, and you can download it right into your iTunes if that's what you want to do. I'll see you, David, uh, next month, and I'll have a Grateful Dad t-shirt for you. I'll have one for all of you on my website. Until then, I'm Doug Gertner, the Grateful Dad. Thanks for being with me, and until we get together again, always remember to be grateful. Bye now. Oh, yeah, blossoms blooming, that's all empty and I don't care.